0: Like this, and then it's amplified, yeah.
1: All right, good morning. Can you hear me in the back? You you can hear in the back? Okay. That's good. Welcome. I think they're having a busy, fun chat outside. They have to come (laughs) in. (laughs) Um, So, my name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be teaching class today. I'm wondering who's new. I know there's a couple of you, a few of you that are new. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to everybody. If you could, well, I think there's as many people missing, but if you could just turn to your neighbor and say hello, introduce, or reintroduce yourself. Chris, you've been here before, yeah? Yeah. 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 Gay, good morning. Good morning. Hmm. I wonder if I should tell them we're starting. (laughs) Well... Okay, they're coming. So, um, how was the movie? Some of you were here last week. We showed a movie. It was a special. Did you like the movie? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs up. Yeah? Yeah? I thought it was amazing, but no movie this week. Were you here last week? No. no. This is my first Thursday since the Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Welcome to Thursday. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. So let's have you start on your back, sunny side up. Well, we're still waiting for everyone to filter in. Let's at least get started. It's that oxymoron rush to do yoga. Let's have you start on your back. Good morning. Oh, he has to work today. Yeah, I know. I know. So you'll start on your back lying down and um, okay so here's a little story before we completely get started you know a a year ago maybe probably even two or three years ago maybe even longer time keeps passing but at any rate at some time in the last 10 years the driver door on my car quit working and I had to get out, in and out of my car, I had to climb over the emergency brake and the stick shift over into the passenger door, until I got it fixed. And from this, I learned that there are many things in life that we forget to notice that are really awesome, and that we take for granted, right? Like, who knew to be grateful for a driver's side door in your car, but actually... It's quite important, the driver's side door. In the same way, there's probably plenty of things right now that you didn't even think about to be grateful for, like your right big toe. (laughs) Like, helps us walk, the right big toe. I mean, there's so many things in general that we don't notice all the time. that, That, like, the electricity comes on when we flip the switch. Like, that's actually a miracle that not everybody in this world has right now so I'm wondering I know you're lying down but I'm wondering if there's things that you could think of that you could name out loud that you're grateful for that you might not have thought about before anybody got anything running water that's a big one actually that's a delightful one Last week, those of you that were here for the movie, they showed a scene where the women were getting buckets of water and walking with these huge buckets of water on their head. Now, what else do we got? Great. I saw a hand here, Gay. I do not have a headache. She doesn't have a headache. That's actually brilliant for those of us that get headaches. When the headache disappears is brilliant. What else do we got? Meloxicin. not my back from Medication. Medication that actually helps us. Welcome, come on in. Come on in. Solar energy. So the sun and solar energy. That's good. Indoor plumbing. plumbing. Do I hear chocolate? Anybody grateful for chocolate? (laughs) All right. So part of the theme today is the abundance of uh, the life that we have. The abundance that's here. Um, Let's bend the knees and place the feet on the floor and take two slow, deep breathing breaths while you're here. Know that you're breathing in while you're breathing in and know that you're breathing out while you're breathing out. So this morning, the the plan for this morning is to do about an hour of yoga asana movement. And the asana will be focused on presence, cultivating mindfulness and presence. And then we'll do a half hour meditation and then I have a talk for us. That's the general gist of the plan of what's happening today for those of you that are new So let's have the knees bent, feet flat on the floor. If you haven't done that already, knees bent, feet on the floor. And let your knees sway a little bit side to side, knees rolling. And as you do this, you might be able to sense the feeling of the hips and the tush rolling, the feeling in your waist or your back, I mean, this also is a sort of miracle that we have minds and bodies that can feel and move and breathe. All right, and then come to a neutral position with your knees back up towards the ceiling. And again, you'll take a full breath in and out. So may this practice period this morning as we move through yoga shapes and into meditation and then into dharma and discussion, may this full practice period today support you in your highest good. And may this practice period support you so that when you leave, you have more capacity to meet the challenges of your life and more capacity to offer wisdom and compassion to the world. Let's bring the hands to touch, show a prayer shape, even as you're on your back, palms touching, and we'll chant the sound Om. Om is a sound um, from the Hindu tradition. Some say it even predates the Hindu tradition. It's an ancient sound, a sacred sound, said to be the first sound. So let the sound touch you as you chant it. So, you can feel the vibration of the sound. Let's inhale. Om. Good. And then bring your hands so the base of the thumb comes up to the top of the forehead. So, you're on your back, but here is a gesture almost of reverence. And we bow to the capacity of the body, which is this miraculous capacity, the body and the heart, bowing to that, and also bowing, simultaneously bowing to the tenderness and vulnerability of the body and the heart. So we have the whole range of what it is to be a human in this class, bowing to it all. Take a big breath in, and a big breath out. Have your hands down on the floor by your sides and just stick your right leg up in the air towards the ceiling. Uh, Press up through the heel. Uh, Spread your toes and sense what you got here, this feeling of stretch. You might be able to sense the back as it rests down on the mat. It's a very simple uh, awareness exercise. Let's bend the knee, put the foot down and take the other leg up towards the ceiling. Again, sensing whatever you can notice here. So this is, you could think of all of the yoga shapes as awareness exercises, bringing our attention and presence and kindness to each shape. Let's bend the knee and put the foot down. Pull both knees into the chest, so you'll squeeze them in, and you'll take a full breath here. Take both hands around the right knee. Extend your left leg forward and off the floor. So the extended leg is hovering right above the floor and the bent knee is hugging into the chest. Take a breath and relax your uh, head and neck as much as you can. Head and neck stay resting down on the ground. Let's switch legs. Pull the extended leg in. And now you have the right leg out, hovering up off the floor, the left knee in. The back is resting on the ground, the neck is relaxed as possible. Good. Bend both knees, both feet on the floor. Arms will come up on the floor above your head. So it ends up the hands are on the floor up above your head. The hands would be palms up up there. Uh Palms up towards the ceiling. Yeah, And then just lift your tushy up off the ground. Uh Knees stay bent. Feet are on the floor. Uh Yeah, and then tushy's up. Good. And take a full breath here. Good. Bring your tushy back down. Pull both knees into the chest. Wrap your arms around the right knee. Extend your left leg forward and off the floor. And then optional is lifting your head up towards that right knee. So you could keep your head down, especially if your neck is tender today, or you could lift the head up. Everybody's engaging the abdominal muscles a little bit. Elbows, if your head is up, your elbows are pressing towards the front of the room. And if your head is down, you're in particular relaxing your neck. All right, if your head came up, put it down. And you'll switch legs. So the left knee comes in. The hands are wrapped around. The right leg is extended and off the floor. Good. And then you can stay with your head down, especially if you have a headache or if your neck is tender today, or lift the head up. So you're really making the practice match how your body is. Again, the intention and, and um Basically, really, the purpose is to bring kind presence to each shape that we make. We're in California. It's all about the journey. You can get your leg behind your head next week. All right, put your head down if it came up. Both knees bent, both feet on the floor. Uh, bottoms of the feet touching the floor, knees up towards the ceiling. Arms will come up over your head on the floor and you'll lift your tushi up again. Welcome. Good morning. I thought we were having a small class today and then everybody showed up. Take two breaths here. Two big breaths. Okay. bring your hips back down pull the knees into the chest both hands around the right knee extend your left leg forward and off the floor keep your head down and you'll inhale, switch legs exhale, press the hands and the knees towards each other and you'll inhale, switch legs That'll be your pattern. You'll keep working at your own pace. Let's keep the head down for this one just so the neck doesn't get overworked. And you're always switching legs on the inhale. Uh, Getting your core working just a little bit. Getting your center working. Always switching on the inhale. Feeling your back resting against the, the floor. And noticing whatever it is, you notice this river of human experience, 10,000 sorrows, 10,000 joys, right here on the yoga mat. Uh Good. Let's finish. Both knees bent, both feet on the floor. Arms up above your head on the floor. And your derriere will elevate again. Hips elevate. Have a sense of standing on your feet. So both feet uh, contacting the mat. (laughs) Have a sense of the breath. And relax your eyes. One more breath here. And then your hips will come down. You'll roll to your side and come up to your hands and knees and put the big square cushion under your knees. So once you're on the hands and knees, you've got the cushion. If you don't have a square cushion, you could fold your mat extra or you could go get a cushion. There's also blankets if you would prefer to have a blanket, but something under your knees just for the long-term health of your knee. And you'll be on the hands and knees. Good. Once you're on the hands and knees, a very subtle, with not much movement, push your hands into the floor to engage the muscles around your shoulders and your chest. Keep your head in line with your spine. So you're pushing hands and keeping the chin uh, and face parallel to the floor. And then without moving your legs, pull your knees. So you don't move the the legs, but just pull the knees a little bit towards each other and tone your belly muscles. Uh Inhale, drop the belly towards the floor, lift the chin and the chest. And then the next shape, tuck the tail,
2: curve the back up towards the ceiling, and let the head drop. Linger here for a moment again. Push the hands into the floor. Without moving the knees, squeeze them together. And tone your belly muscles. Okay, inhale, reverse, drop the belly, unlock your elbows. Exhale, pull the navel in, push the hands, squeeze the knees. Two more of these. Inhale, belly drops, unlock the elbows. Exhale, push the hands, push the knees, pull the belly up. One more. Nice and simple. Actively pushing hands and legs into the floor. And then your spine will come to neutral and you'll step both hands way forward and your forehead will come down to the floor. Hands will be shoulder width. Hips are high. Hands are uh, forward and down. You're making like a child's Slide shape or a ski slope shape from your hips up high to your hands down low. Let's draw the hips a little bit to the right. Uh, Lean into the left hand, the left shoulder. Take a full breath. And shift the hips over to the left. Leaning a little bit into the right hand, right shoulder. And take a full breath. Hips back to the center. And then you'll come up and stand on your knees, which I do believe is called kneeling. (laughs) I had to learn that. Take
1: the right foot out to the side, toes pointing out. Right forearm to the thigh. And you'll take your top arm, which would be your left arm, up a bit. Up, 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 up. And then over just a little bit. Two breaths here. Oxygenating the whole system with the deep breathing today. And sensing. Let's come on up. Bring the leg in. And you'll step your left foot out to the side, toes out, left forearm to the thigh, and your right arm goes high. So it's quite simple. Tails dropping, top arms up, lengthening the whole side of the torso. Big breath. Okay, let's come on up. And you'll shift all the way up to standing. Standing. You can stand in front of the cushion. And then once you get up to standing, have your feet nice and wide, and you'll do some hip circles, just like so. And as you do this, you might be able to feel inside the hip socket the movements of the hips. You might notice how the shoulders are making a circle too, and the head. And let's go in the other direction so that the movement practice becomes like a moving meditation. A practice where you're doing what you're doing while you're doing it, sensing it, and feeling it from the inside. Just a couple more circles here. All right, and then come to stillness, arms down by your sides. Take a moment and unlock your knees. And here's our pattern. Inhale the arms up, look up. Exhale, bend the knees forward, fold, down you go.
2: Now we're going to move fairly quickly, so right away, inhale back
1: up. Arms circle up like a big bird. And
2: exhale down. So you'll do this at your own pace. Let the movement last as long as your breath. So inhale will take you up. If you go too slow, you lose your breath. Exhale down. And too fast also is not quite right with the breath. So organize the movement in the breath
1: so that it's not too slow, not too fast.
2: And our yoga
1: party will meet... It is a yoga party. Our yoga party will meet in the forward fold. So
2: take your time getting down there. But once you're down there, it's a forward fold. Have your knees bent. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. And drop your head. take two breaths here. Really, this body is quite a miracle that we can sense and feel from the inside, sensation, and that we can move and breathe and somehow shift Oxygen from the air into our blood and carbon dioxide from the blood out into the air. It's quite a miracle. Let's bring the hands to the hips and come on up to standing.
1: Arms by your side and take a pause again. Where I give no instruction, it's just a pause. Mount your shoulders for a moment. Relax your hands. Okay, bring your feet quite close together, if not touching. If your feet touch, do have them touch. Not everybody's feet touch. Arms are down by your sides. You'll exhale, bend the knees, sweep the arms forward. And inhale, stand up, and arms come down by your sides. That's your pattern. Your exhale takes your butt back as your arms sweep forward. And your inhale straightens your legs as your arms go down. And you'll do a few more of these. a Moving meditation. Notice how the weight might like to go more on one leg than the other. And see if you can keep the weight even on both legs, both down and up. And then our yoga party is going to meet with the knees bent and the arms forward. Uh-huh. Bring your hands to namaste and roll your shoulders back. Uh-huh. Weight in your heels. If you feel that there's uh, injury or pain in the knee, do this with straight legs. Everybody, tone your belly muscles. Weight in the heels. And then sense the sensation from the inside. It's this river of experience. Always changing, flowing through. One more breath. And come on up, arms down by your sides. Let's turn and face the windows, face the right side of the room. And um, we'll do this balancing thing the worst is going to happen is you fall over a little bit. and It's not too bad. It was the worst. We'll start with the right leg and the left arm forward. Mm-hmm. And then the next shape is the right leg goes behind you. The standing knee bends, and the right hand comes forward. Sort of like speed skater. Okay, And we're going to shift back and forth. So you come up, the standing leg will straighten, Right leg comes forward, left arm. Uh And then the leg comes down, crosses the midline, standing leg bends, right arm comes forward. And then you'll keep going at your own pace. This is to help focus the mind, doing what you're doing while you're doing it. And also you might find that it's going to eventually be strengthening for the standing ankle hip, everybody will feel it in a different place. Nobody said yoga had to be graceful. So hang tight as you keep going. A couple more. See if you can lock your gaze in nice and steady. Lock your gaze in nice and steady. Now in a moment when we stop, you might have the urge to shake out that standing leg. Let's not do that. All right, so we'll stop and just pause and watch the sensation. Does it get stronger? Does it eventually start to fade a little bit? Okay, and then shake it out if you need to uh, yet. All right. And we'll try the other side. Left leg comes forward in the right arm. Uh-huh. And to get to the other shape, the leg goes back. Your standing knee bends. The back foot crosses the midline, and, and your left arm's forward. Mm-hmm. And you'll come up. So left leg forward, right arm. And then back. Standing knee bends. Left arm comes forward. Good. And you'll keep going. It's at your own pace. Lock your gaze in. So don't be looking around to see who's doing it better than you or worse than you. Just keep your gaze steady.
0: Just a little bit longer.
1: And then we'll stand on two feet and resist the urge to shake the leg out and just observe the sensation. All right, inhale both arms up. Stay standing, exhale, hands come down. Interlace the fingers, inhale, both arms up. Exhale, side bend. Inhale, up. Exhale, side bend. Inhale, up. Exhale, Exhale, both arms down. So let's try that again. Inhale, both arms up. Hands down the midline. Exhale. Interlace. Inhale, arms up. Side bend. Exhale.
3: Inhale, up.
1: And side bend. And inhale. And both arms down. Pause and sense your arms and hands. Melt what's easy to melt in your neck and shoulders. Good. Take your feet nice and wide. Ten toes pointing forward. And down, down, down you go. Hands come down to the floor. Drop your head. We'll take a couple breaths here. You might notice a stretch in your back or in your legs. Uh Good. Let's turn the right toes to the right. Um, Walk the hands over towards that right foot and bend the right knee. Keep your head facing this side of the room so we're not turning to face the back of the room. This right knee
2: will be bent a bit. Okay, come back to the center, hands to the center, right toes turn forward, left toes turn out two inches, bend the left knee, walk the hands over to the left, left knees bent. Lift your belly to support your back, and hands back to the center, turn your left toes forward, hands to the hips, come on up to
1: standing. And bring your feet closer, and pause. And soften your jaw.
0: Okay, we'll take the legs back
1: wide for warrior two. So legs go wide, left toes turn to the back of the room. I'm sorry, right toes turn to the back of the room. Some of those toes turn to some direction. (laughs) Bend the right knee, arms are out to the sides. And we'll do our Tai Chi's in the park. So inhale, straighten the leg arms up. And exhale, bend the knee, turn the gaze to the right. Inhale, up, look up. Exhale, bend the knee, look right. Please do two more. Two more. Okay, put just your arms down. Move your jaw. And then put just your arms back out. Turn the hands, palms facing up. Turn your gaze to the right. Breathe. And receive the sensation. So I don't know if this ever happens to you. Sometimes I'll get an injury and then I don't notice when it's gotten healed. Right? Like my mind just doesn't bother to notice when it stops hurting. It only notices the mind really is designed to do this to keep us safe, to notice when things are broken. But there's so many things that we forget to notice. Let's straighten the leg, put the arms down, and turn the feet in the other direction. Bend your knee. Arms are out to the sides. And you'll do four. Inhale, straighten the leg, look up. Exhale, bend the knee, look to the left. So that's your pattern. You'll do a few more of these. Um, I have a friend who's gotten some unfortunate back injury. You know how common that is? Also, like, I don't know, maybe you've had a time where your back hurt. Maybe your back hurts right now. And she said that she was always trying to remember to focus on the other parts that were working. Okay, have the knee bent and put just the arms down. Move the jaw. And then bring the arms back out to the sides and turn the hands, palms facing up. And then hold steady and breathe. Hold steady and breathe. Now, to be clear, sometimes when we have an injury, whether it's a physical injury or a heart injury, this sort of technique, our method, can feel wrong and feel um, like it's not the right practice. Sometimes when there's an injury, we really need to tend to and offer care and compassion. Like in the same way we would hug a kid who stubbed their knee. All right, straighten the leg. Bring the arms down. Bring your feet together. Uh, inhale the arms up. Exhale, hands come down. Interlace. Inhale, arms up. And then you'll side bend and we're gonna hold the side bends. Uh, keep breathing. Lift your quadricep muscles, lift your thigh muscles, lift your belly, and inhale up and exhale. To the other side. So just like with a child, if the injury's acute, I wouldn't point out to a little kid who just stubbed their knee, but your fingers are working, right? That's not always the right technique. Let's come on up, especially if something's acute. Exhale, arms down. Pause. Sense your arms. Sense your hands. Good. Let's take the feet back wide. Turn your right toes to the right. And bend the right knee. Arms are out to the sides. And we'll do three of those Tai Chi's in the park. So you'll count them yourself. Inhaling up and exhaling out. That was one. Uh, Just like so. Make it beautiful with your attention. The sense of the body and space. The sense of your breath. Once you've done the third one, put just your arms down. Move your jaw. Mm-hmm. Arms go back up. And you'll side bend to the left leg. Left hands down. Uh-huh. Straighten the right leg and shift into your triangle pose. Utita. Trikonasana. Have a sense that the top arm were filled, top arm and shoulder even filled with helium, floating up to that impossibly high ceiling. Respecting the limitations of the body. Practicing respect and care with our bodies. And you wouldn't be here without this body. that goes everywhere and often functions in non-optimal conditions with food and sleep. And come on up. Put both arms down. All right, let's switch feet. So right toes in, left toes out. Uh, bend the knee. Arms are out to the sides. I think we're still on three Tai Chis in the park. Here you go. In, inhale. Yeah. We move and breathe together. It's so much easier to do yoga and meditation in a group than at home. My house that has a refrigerator that <laughs> always calls me. All right, once you've done three. Uh Put just your arms down, move your jaw. Relax your shoulders. Alright, arms go back, and we side bend. Right hand comes down, left arm goes up. Really straighten your right leg, right leg strong. Uh And then straighten your front leg, the left leg. And we'll tip over into a triangle pose. Top arm lifting up, floating up. If you can sense the entirety of the whole body in the shape. Someone told me a few weeks ago that that took her a few years to figure out what that meant. So to see if that instruction even makes sense to you to sense the entirety of the body in the shape. And come on up and at long last bring your feet together. Are close. Ah. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, hands down. Pull the navel in as you exhale. Interlace. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, side bend. Inhale, up. Exhale, side bend. Inhale up, exhale, both arms down. Unlock your knees, relax and pause. Maybe a five second pause. Okay, open the feet last time. Turn the right toes to the right. Bend the right knee, arms out to the sides. Let's do two Tai Chi's in the park. Inhaling and exhaling.
0: Put just
1: your arms down, rear your jaw. Mm-hmm. Arms come back out. Side bend to the. Uh, Right, uh, left, one of those sides. And then side angle pose. Bring the right forearm to the right thigh. Top arm comes up. Now I'm going to give you an optional option. I mean, the whole class is optional, right? Like, it's optional. You know where the bathroom is. But if you'd like more challenge, you could take the bottom arm parallel to the top arm. If you get there and your back is like, ooh, that's a strain, put the bottom arm back down. So maybe up, both arms out. If it feels like it's a strain, you can have the bottom arm down. So you get to choose. Actually, your body gets to choose. Everybody really lengthen the left leg. Push the left foot down. Take one more breath. Lovely. Come on up. Arms will come down. Okay, last time. Lucky left. You know, if we had four arms and four legs like Shiva, we'd be here a while. Let's bend the knee. We'd need a two-hour yoga class. Put the arms out to the sides. Two Tai Chi's in the park, just like so. hmm You can't really do this wrong. Just breathing and moving. Uh-huh. You'll put just your arms down, move your jaw. Yeah. Uh-huh. Arms come back out. Side bend, right hands down, left arms high. And then side angle pose. Forearm, left forearm to the thigh, top arms up. Uh So this is a strengthening pose. It might be stretching you too, but it's strengthening because your head is tipped over, and if you're smart, your head is heavy. Right? It's heavy? Okay, optional is the bottom arm coming out. But if you get there and your body's like, oh, that's that's a bit of a strain, you can put the hand down. So you practice working within your body's capacity, which I think is an unusual instruction if you've had any training in sports or dance or gymnastics. Yeah, one more breath wherever you are. Reach that right leg. Uh Come on up. And then let's face the front of the room. Bring your feet together. Ooh la la. All right. Downward facing dog. We didn't do that at all yet today. Did you miss it? Maybe not. So downward dog. The hands are shoulder width at the top of the mat. The feet are hip width at the back of the mat. And your butt's up high in between.
0: Big breathing.
1: Uh-huh. Release your neck. Each time you exhale, push your hands forward so that you can invite your tushy to go higher. Uh-huh. One more breath. All right, lovies. Let's bring your knees down to the floor and then bring your elbows down to the floor and interlace your fingers And we're going to do a plank pose on the elbows. So your legs will step back one at a time. Elbows are on the floor. Plank pose on the elbows. If you get here and it's too much for your body, just drop your knees down. Do have your gaze forward towards the top of your mat. Uh And the tushis in line. How's it going? Are you breathing? I'm Pushing your elbows down. This is looking good. This is strengthening. It's um, good for the upper body, weight-bearing in the upper body. And if you start to shake, you know what that means? It means you're building strength right now. Keep looking forward. Don't let your head drop. So your spine's in line. Yes. All right, everyone. Down, down, down you come. Take your arms on the floor up above your head with the pinky side of the hand on the floor. So palms face each other. Pinky side of the hand, karate chopping down. And the hands will be shoulder width. Yeah. Okay. And then you'll inhale, lift up the right arm, your head, and your left leg. So right arm lifts up, head and left leg. Uh It's going to make you smarter, too. (laughs) Exhale, come on down. And you'll inhale, left arm, head, and right leg. Good. And exhale, come on down. And that's your pattern. Keep going. And when I say up, that's not quite as precise as I mean. I mean more long. So you can think of that arm and the leg both lengthening away from each other rather than up. Good. Okay, now let's lift up both arms, your head, and both legs. And you'll stay in the up position you find that this is straining on your back, right away, move the hands back under your shoulders. And if that's still straining on your back, put your legs down so that you're not straining your back. Good. Two more breaths wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Good. Come on down. Uh-huh. Pause. Wave of relaxation. Wave of relaxation. Let's do one more thing on our belly here. Bring your hands around behind you and hold hands with yourself above your hips behind you. Uh-huh. And then uh, strengthen your legs, lengthen your legs back, uh-huh. and lift up the shoulders and then the head. Uh-huh. If possible keeping the feet on the floor, but the legs are still strong. Knuckles are reaching towards the back of the room. Shoulders are up, heads up, shoulder blades back. So this is strengthening all the muscles in the back body. Good. Two more breaths here. Mm-hmm. All right, loveys, come on down. And then you're going to flip over like a piece of tofu. Just flip over. Keep your head towards the front of the room. Just flip over. We grilled one side. Let's grill the other. We're Uh Mm non-harming. Okay. Knees bent, feet flat on the floor. Yeah? All right. Hands are behind your head, fingers interlaced, elbows wide. Uh Fingers are on the head, yeah. And then lift up the head and shoulders as best you can, keeping the back of the shoulders off the floor. Let your head rest back in your hands. Uh Let your nose turn a little bit more towards the ceiling. Uh And then just all these instructions actually are little, just a little bit of push into your feet into the floor. Good. Let's come down with the head. Uh, Lift your knees and feet off the floor so your knees come up from your hips, shins parallel to the floor, Uh shins parallel to the floor, toes spread, and then you'll lift the head and shoulders up again. Uh Let your head rest back into your hands, elbows are wide. This is an abominable, right? You you caught that, right? It's an abominable, abdominable exercise. Uh Navels pulling towards the floor, towards the spine. Let your head, as best you can, rest in your hands. So it's up, but it is somewhat resting in your hands. Good. Head down, feet down. Uh A wave of relaxation. Uh Now... Keep your head on the floor this time, but put your legs in the shape they were just in. So knees up, shins parallel to the floor. And this time, keep your head down. Put your hands on your quadriceps. That's the front of the thigh. Yeah, hands on quadricep. And you're going to push your hands and your thighs towards each other. Uh-huh. So if you do this a lot, you might start feeling even your back strengthening a little bit. If you get a strain in your back, you've gone too far. But you're pushing your hands and your thighs towards each other. Your abdominals are engaged. Hands and thighs are pushing. Take one more breath. Uh-huh. Keep your legs the same. Move your hands back behind your head. And exhale, head and shoulders up. Inhale, head and shoulders down. Please do two more of those. If you're feeling wild, you could do four more of those. And when you finish, which is now or in a moment longer, you'll put your feet down and take a wave of relaxation. Uh-huh. Okay, so feet down, everybody, and pause. Enjoy the floor under you. Nhat Han, do you all know him? He's a, a Vietnamese man and a Zen teacher, Buddhist teacher, and he talks about mindfulness as the ability to refresh ourselves with the present moment. I like this idea, or this practice, really. it's more than an idea, the practice of refreshing ourselves with the present moment. So coming off of autopilot. And it doesn't mean the present moment is necessarily always refreshing. Per se, in the sense of like sometimes there could be something that's difficult, but we're there for it. In that sense, it's refreshing. You know that you're here, you know that you're on your back. Uh-huh. Let's do one more abominable. Do you have one more in you? Okay, so knees and legs go back in the shape they were just in. Uh-huh. And then this time, open your knees and feet away from each other. So knees and feet separate, yes. Hands behind the head, lift up the head and shoulders. Keep the head and shoulders up. And this time you'll just squeak, curl your tailbone up and down. So tailbone, it might not go very far. Tailbone curls up and down. And you'll do just a few of those. Uh Uh-huh. Do two more. And when you finish, place both feet on the floor. Take your right ankle over the left knee. And you'll hug the left thigh in. Good. Good. If possible, have your head back down on the floor. And notice the stretch. Notice the breath. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to refresh yourself with this moment? Even if this moment weren't exactly as perfect as you could hope. Mm -hmm. Let's place both feet on the floor and you'll take a full breath. And then you have the other side, so left ankle on the right, and you'll hug the right knee in. And then I'm reminded of another teaching, a yoga teaching, actually, where the instruction is to practice contentedness so that when we practice contentedness, we are, in fact, practicing contentedness. You're content. So out of curiosity, and again, the answer can be no. Remember that we have, I talked about this a few weeks ago, embedded in mindfulness is this quality of honesty and authenticity. So can, and answer truthfully, is there a little bit of contentedness here? And if there isn't, can you tend to yourself in the same way you would tend to a child who had just skin their knee? Okay, place both feet on the floor. And I thought we could do some neck stretching today before our relaxation. So you will, in fact, need to roll to your side and come up. You'll have to turn around and face the front of the room. Come up to a seated position. Now you can sit on your heels. So you could sit kneeling. You could sit on your heels, or you could sit cross-legged, or you could even sit with one or two legs sticking out in front of you. I just want the lower body to be as comfortable as possible so we can work with the neck. Okay. Float your spine up, melt your shoulders down. You'll take the right ear towards the right shoulder. So come back up and take a full breath. Now when we move the head, we're just moving the head. Let the shoulders be soft. We're not in a contest to see how low the head can go. So you'll just take the right ear over some amount without messing with the shoulders. Have a sense that that left ear is shining up towards the ceiling Almost like there was maybe a little puppet string attached to it, pulling that left ear gently up. Now I'm going to ask you to make all sorts of movements as we do this, and the point of that is for you to observe the changing sensations. So just observe what happens when you take your left hand out down on a low diagonal. Uh, What changes? And then observe, rotating the left hand so the thumb rotates up towards the ceiling. Palm comes forward or even maybe a little towards the ceiling. Keep observing. Lift the chin a quarter inch. Put the chin back where it was and then drop it a quarter inch. the chin back where it was. Bring the head up, bring the hand in. Pause, and there's a poetic instruction as if you could breathe through the left side of your face, neck, and shoulder. As if you could even breathe through the skin there. I know it's not literal, but sense. Float the chest up, left ear towards the left shoulder. Shining that right ear up. Bring your right hand down on the low diagonal.
0: Rotate the arm
1: so that the thumb rolls up, palm rolls forward or even up a little bit. Observe the changes. Lift the chin a quarter inch. Put the chin back where it was. Drop it a quarter inch. Chin back to where it was. Bring the head up. Bring the hand in. Pause and sense as if you could breathe through the right side of your face. Neck and shoulder. Float your spine longer and then drop your head like the face of a sunflower turning down. Optional is bringing the hands to the back of the head for a little weight. If you have a tender neck, you might not do that. It's tender today. And then observe. Tilt the head. It's forward, but tilt it a little bit to the right as it stays forward. Observe. Bring the head back to the center. And tilt it a little bit over to the left. So it's still forward, but tilting. And head back to the center. And you'll lift it up back to neutral. And there, here, sense as if you could breathe through the back of your head and the back of the neck. Now, the next one, um, if you have a shirt, you might stick your fingers under. But I'm going to ask you the skin right at the midline at the sternum. You're going to pull it down. Use both hands and pull the skin down. And then lift the chin forward and up. So you're pulling the skin at the midline right down. And the chin's poking forward and up. And you might feel a stretch even of the skin here. Uh-huh. And then tilt the head a bit to the right. And you might feel the pull up under the jaw or the ear. Uh-huh. Bring the head back to where it was. And then tilt it over a bit to the left. Pulling the skin down. Uh huh. Head back to the center and then back to neutral. Release the hands. And pause and sense the face, the mouth, the neck, and the chest. All right. And you will stretch out on your back, sunny side, up for the final relaxation. Relaxation. That sounds ominous, the final relaxation for today's class. So some of you aren't comfortable lying flat. So you could put the cushion under your knees. You could put a pillow under your head. You could put your sweater on, your socks on. You know, take time to set yourself up as comfortably as possible. And here we just rest on our backs for a bit. And um, the interesting thing is, if you looked around the room, you might think, oh, everybody's so relaxed, yet not feel so relaxed yourself, and that can happen. This pose actually um, is, can be, it's considered to be one of the most advanced poses, interestingly enough. And if you're not feeling relaxed... You'll make no effort. And if you're not feeling relaxed, you'll find a part of your body that feels okay. And just rest your mind there. Just whenever you think of it.
0: You'll soften your jaw. Relax your eyes.
1: Let your windpipe, your esophagus settle back and down. Bring a little attention back. And then before you get up, just notice if there's something you're grateful for. Don't judge it. Whatever shows up, this is the one thing. And see if possible to breathe in and out that sense of Gratitude. And if nothing comes to mind, it might not be the right practice for you. If nothing comes to mind, the the instruction is to turn towards yourself and tend to that which needs to be held. And then everybody... You'll bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. You'll roll to your right side. And at some point, you'll come up to a seated position. So here we shift into meditation. If you want to sit on a chair, you can just leave your stuff. Just get up and go get a chair. If there's not enough chairs in this row, you can grab a chair. It's very popular to look out the window in your meditation chair. So you'll find a shape where you can sit for about 25 minutes at this point. As you are settled, you might notice the sounds of the room as people around you continue to settle. You should definitely sit up on a cushion if you're on the floor.
0: Just continuing to notice all the sounds in the room. And bring your attention to the crown of the head,
1: noticing any sensation there at the scalp.
0: And then the sides of the head. Even the outer architecture of the ears, and then the back of the head.
1: And back to the sides, to your temples, and your eyes. Take some time at your eyes and invite the, all the little muscles to relax, the outer corners of the eyes soften.
0: Touch of the eyelid, gentle. Your cheeks, right cheek, left cheek.
1: And then your nostrils, right nostril, left nostril. Notice the air moving through the nostrils, the inner gate of the nostril. Follow the sensation of the air inside the nostril to the back of the throat.
0: All the way to the inside of the mouth. or the attention down into the throat sides of the throat the walls of the throat
1: Your shoulders. See if you can sense, and it might be very subtle, the movements of the breath up underneath the shoulders. If one shoulder seems to have more sensation than the other, have a sense that the very top of the lungs are filling and emptying spontaneously.
0: Invite the breath to adjust itself to be more comfortable, at ease. Notice how your chest moves under the armpits.
1: See If you can sense any movement at the back of the shoulder blades, there might not be, it's very subtle, just see. then moving down lower in the rib cage the upper belly
0: And let your attention shift all the way down into your hands. Notice the weight of the hands.
1: And notice the weight and heaviness and steadiness of the hands in contrast to the breath. If you find that your mind is very busy thinking yet, just thank your mind. Bless the thoughts. You might even say, bless this thought. It's your mind's way of taking care of you. Thank the thought. Thank the mind. And come back to the feeling of the hands and the breath. Okay, here's what's going to happen next. You're going to roll up your mats, and we're going to make two semicircles up here by the stage. The first will be people who want to sit on the floor on the cushions, and this one behind will be people, people who want to sit in the chairs. So we'll rearrange the room, come forward. Yeah, just leave the cushion and can take the mat up. So come over here if you're on the floor. We'll have just a row. There's space here. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I think this is the trickiest part of class.
4: The hardest.
1: Harder than Shavasana. So. Yeah. Good. All right. So at this point in the class we share names in hopes that someday we will get everybody's name who comes, those of us that come regularly. And then today I'd ask, um, I'd like to hear uh, the thing that you're grateful for, or a thing. Maybe there's like tons of things today that you're grateful for. Um, if there's something, like I'm looking out at this beautiful view behind you all, like that's pretty nice. It doesn't have to be like something profound, right? And, and then also just to note that, like I was saying before, this might not be the right medicine for you today, like if something's happened um, maybe it's not the right medicine, so I don't mean it as a way to oppress you, like, oh, you must feel grateful if you're not feeling grateful. Does that make sense? Like, sometimes it's not the right medicine. But I am curious your name and something you're grateful for. Will you start? Uh, my name is Claudia, and I am very grateful for this practice uh, My name is Gay,
3: and I also am very thankful for this class.
0: Uh, Hello,
3: I'm Josh. I am grateful for the sense of peace I have right now. Hi, my name is Clea, and selfishly I'm happy for one happy child. This morning, <laughs> Janice and I'm grateful for this beautiful environment. Uh, Mark, I'm grateful for the start of autumn. The start of autumn. Monarchs today. Uh, my name is Sinara, and I'm grateful every time when I understand something that happened in the past but is making sense for me now. And every time when I meditate, that helps a lot. And then I, I start to get to bed grateful for something that happened in my life and now is helping me to move more. Hi, I'm Kearsley, and I'm grateful for opportunities, like the opportunity to be able to come, like to have that ability to come here.
1: Hi, my name is Molly, and uh, I'm feeling grateful for having time right now.
4: Uh, Hi, I'm Todd, and I'm grateful for today's sunshine. I'm Adam, and I'm grateful for my two daughters today.
3: I'm Thelma, and I'm feeling selfish and grateful that my body functioned today.
4: I'm Maya, and uh, I'm grateful for having good friends. I'm Mark, I'm grateful for the clear skies today.
2: I'm Carol. I'm grateful for Ashley.
3: And I'm Bonna, and I was grateful to wake up this morning. I'm Caroline, and I'm grateful that my back stopped hurting and I can be here. My name's Ula, and I'm grateful that I got into a retreat
2: My name is Kelly, and I'm grateful that my body could stretch and bend today.
3: My name is Chris, and I'm grateful for living in Marin. Uh, My name is Nancy, and I'm grateful for feeling relaxed.
2: My name is Janet, and I'm grateful for having my father get to love me and be his primary
3: caregiver.
1: I'm Priyanka. I'm grateful to be here today. I'm Ashley, and I'm actually I'm grateful for uh, the teachings. Um, you know, getting to teach, then I have to think about what I'm going to tell you all, and and then it's really great. It's great. So I'm grateful for the teachings that we have them that we can share them with each other. So the topic today, actually, despite all what it seems like. It's not gratitude. The topic today is generosity. But I thought that feeling of gratitude, that that sense of fullness, actually leads to, quite naturally, generosity. Right? Just right away from the start. I have a poem that I'm sure I've read to you all before, but I really like it. It's by Hafiz, who is a Persian poet. He said... Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. So we could really look at all that is already given to us here, I mean, when I'm talking about that in the yoga, too. All that's already given to us. Where Somebody mentioned running water and electricity. Like, all that's already given to us. Really, in some way, you could say that we are held in this web of life. That we're not separate. That everything... and it, You could say, in some respects, that everything, because you're here, everything has been given to you. Each of us start as uh, little babies. So... If we could like go back so many years and imagine all of us instead of being adults here, little babies here. And everybody, every person, when we start, we are completely dependent on others, completely on, dependent on what is given to us, food, shelter, warmth, care, emotional support, love. And something happens once we're adults that we think like that we're not dependent on the whole world or that we're not dependent on others. And especially in our culture, we have in in the American culture, there's this idea of pull yourself up and be independent. In fact, um, I've been talking recently about this this topic of generosity. And to, uh, to, with with very few exceptions, most people are very good at giving and very it's very hard to receive. I mean, you might be the exception, but just in general, we're taught that receiving is bad and giving is good, like to be independent and take care of things on your own and sort of not need any help. But actually to give, we actually need to have a receiver and that that's the nature of this world that we live in is this flow of give and take this flow of giving and receiving that we are actually held like somebody grew the food that you've eaten today and this week like somebody actually grew that you didn't do that i mean unless you're a master gardener and grew everything which some of you might be but in general somebody's growing that food and and actually their family is participating in them growing the food because they have the family that supported them. And the food that you've eaten is dependent on the sunshine, the sun coming to the earth and the rain and the soil and the environment. And, and, and that we have roads. Like We have roads. That's given to us too in this country. It's pretty amazing that we have roads and... And just so much is actually given to us all the time that we don't think about, and that we don't really actually stop and notice that we're not these little. It's a, it's a little bit of a delusion to think that we're this independent person that never needs anything from anybody ever, and that's the best way to be. It's not actually how it is. It's 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 completely like we're woven into the environment. We're not separate. We're we're held, and that when we are in alignment with this flow of giving and receiving, we're actually in alignment with dharma. So this word dharma, sometimes uh, it's also said dhamma, uh, the truth of the way things are, the teachings. And also, interestingly enough, it could be thought of as dharma as your duty, as your duty to be in alignment with the way things are, which is a big circle of giving and receiving. Um, And you could say that all of the teachings are a cultivation of generosity. Because what we're doing when we're, when we're practicing Dharma is we're stepping out of our preoccupation with the small sense of self, the sense of scarcity, the sense of lack. We're stepping out of our preoccupation with our own and stepping into uh, a wider circle of being, a circle of giving and receiving, stepping into the flow of life. Did you notice that? Like, did you ever have a time? um, This happened to me this week, actually. I was kind of like in a really bad mood and kind of just, like, not super happy, and I had to go teach meditation and give this talk, and as soon as I started giving to others and hearing the teachings, like, as soon as I wasn't so preoccupied about why I didn't like whatever was happening in my life, as soon as I stopped that sense of small self, that sense of preoccupation, then I was re-engaged and reconnected and intimate with life again, like that sense of coming into alignment with dharma. So you could say that all of the teachings are a step away from the preoccupation with your own small self and into a wider sense of being. And we step into the circle of life, the circle of giving and receiving, which is really the way things are. You know, if we look at this piece of paper, this recycled piece of paper with the poem on one side, That um, actually, if we look very closely, this is a concept from Thich Nhat Hanh, who I mentioned earlier, a Vietnamese teacher. Um, This piece of paper has within it, it has the clouds that were the weather that produced the rain that grew the tree. And it also has all the people that tended to the tree and then the people that cut down the tree and all the people that milled the tree. And then it also has the soil that grew the tree and the sunshine. So you could say in this piece of paper there is the whole world if we look deeply and closely. And in the same way, if we can look deeply and closely at ourselves, our own lives, and each other, we are held in this world in something bigger. So that generosity is an enlightened act. It's an enlightened act when we're held, when we're feeling held, when we're feeling, st- when we have stepped out of our own preoccupations, that we are um, the acting in an enlightened way. I think this is very interesting. I have this long, um, long teaching from the Zen tradition about generosity. It says, at the beginning, giving... So generosity, giving, means non-greed. Doesn't greed cause suffering? Have you heard that before in this place? This thing about our wanting mind. Our wanting mind causes suffering. And that giving means non-greed. That's what I mean by it's an enlightened act when we are stepping out of that. Oh, I need this next thing. I listened to a podcast probably last week. And there was an interview This woman was interviewing a family. They were Americans, and they had raised their child in an African country. I cannot remember which country, but at any rate, they'd raised their child until he was five in an African country, and they came to the United States and put him in kindergarten. And he did not understand share. It was the hardest thing for him because share in the United States is I get what's mine and I parse out what I get to give to others. And he had a very different idea of share being it's just a collective. And I thought that was really interesting in how we're trained in this country. Those of you that grew up here, it's all about, like, what's me and mine? And then we're taught about giving being just, like, what you can parse out. And you get what you want. You get it back, too, right? With the little kid, share your toy. and you get, right? like, That's an interesting way to look at sharing. That's a cultural way to look at sharing. Anyway, so back to the Zen, <clears throat> the Zen thing. Um, every gift has its value and is worth giving. So, of course, we can give money, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that we need to give money for, the people that are in the flood zones and the storm zones. But everything can be a gift. It could be a gift of... um, Just saying hello to someone in a kind way or actually making eye contact with your cashier at the grocery store, right? There's so many ways to give. It's not necessarily just money, just things. Uh, I have a little friend. She's 18 months old. And she was learning. um, She's a little older now, but around when she was 18, she was learning this, and she was giving me like a leaf. Like we'd be outside, and she'd give me a leaf. And then I'd give it back to her. And then sometimes I'd get, she'd give me a leaf and she wouldn't want it back. Like she was learning about this generosity from a very young age This learning. So this um, teaching says, the Zen teaching, even when you give a particle of dust, you should rejoice in your own act. So to give to your family is also giving. So everything is giving. It doesn't have to be in the traditional sense—giving presents, giving the gift of uh, the teaching. Sometimes, if we have someone in our life who's having a hard time, we might be able to remind them of some piece of wisdom, and that can be a gift. Or the the leaf for my little eighteen-month-old. Like there's so. It doesn't have to be this thing. We have an idea. It has to be oh this big thing. It doesn't have to be. It's whatever you can give at any time. So the Zen teaching says, a king gave his beard as medicine to cure his retainer's disease. A child offered sand to the Buddha and became a king in later birth. So offering sands and then becoming a king in later birth. I mean, whether you believe in rebirth or not, just this idea that giving doesn't have to be limited to money. Money's great, but other things too. Um, It goes on. Uh, They, so the king and the child, were not greedy for reward, but only shared what they could. To launch a boat or build a bridge is an act of giving. If you study giving closely, you see that to accept a body and to give up the body are both giving. Making a living and producing things can be nothing other than giving. To leave flowers to the wind, to leave birds to the seasons, are also acts of giving. So our giving can transform greed. Giving can transform our greed. Um, some of you know my husband makes little pendants that say peace in different languages. I think a lot of you have seen them. So he gives them everywhere we go. He's got a handful of them in his bag and he gives them out everywhere. We went, we were in Oregon for the eclipse and we went to this restaurant. It was a Ethiopian restaurant and he did dug through his bag. So he makes little pendants. They say peace. And he makes them, uh, the language will be in different, different peace in different languages. And it turned out we are at an Ethiopian restaurant. And in Ethiopia, I think they speak, speak Eritrean. But he found the language that these people spoke. We, you know, we are in America. And he gave them these peace chains. And then just the smiles and the sense of connection that happened with that generosity Because when there's generosity, then it can lead to intimacy. There's like a connection. And I've noticed this myself. I had to learn to accept compliments. I don't know if some of you had this trouble too. Because there's a way where if we can't allow the receiving end of the giving, it stops, it blocks the intimacy. So, and I've really noticed most everybody when Joe is giving out his peach chains, most everybody receives them. But every once in a while, someone will be like, no, 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 no. And it, it feels like there's just a block, like that can't, that can't be received, and there's not this great intimacy and this sense of connection that can happen. Are like if you go through the bridge, the bridge toll, and um, you have cash and you pay for the person behind you, and how that can ripple on maybe into the next day for people, right? Like we just don't know, and and that generosity can actually lead to sense of connection and intimacy. It's a sense of non-greed. So um, I think I've told this story to this group before, but it bears repeating. I went to Myanmar uh, four years ago now, and I practiced in a monastery. I went to a monastery to do meditation for a month. And I got there, and um, I'm in Myanmar, so none of the teachings were in English. There weren't very many people that were only English speaking there, it was mostly people that spoke Burmese because it was in Burma, right? So I couldn't understand the teachings. I knew what to do. I've been on meditation retreats. So you meditate, and then you do walking meditation. When it's time to eat, you eat. But there is a way where um, culturally I felt like there was such a broad spirit of generosity to be there. So every morning we woke up. I think we woke up at 3.30 a.m. It was god-awful early time. And after the early morning meditation... The women um, would get up and sweep the meditation hall and then mop it. Now I didn't speak Burmese. Nobody asked me, but what I did was I started helping. I just went and found a broom because there's a whole bunch of people and everybody's sweeping, and then I started helping. And um, and then at the meal time, at the time. Uh, I wasn't eating a lot of uh, sugary desserts. And so they would give us these sugary desserts and I would hand them over. And then the other people would, because we were in silence too, right? So I would just hand it over. And then other people would give me their fruit or parts of their meal that they didn't want. And so I was giving and both giving and receiving. And what happened was I felt really embedded in the community and I felt like I made friends with these people that I was silent with and that I didn't even speak the same language or grow up with, but I had friends, like I felt like I was part of the community and I was really held and it was quite beautiful, Um, beautiful in a way that's very different than going on silent retreat here because there's uh, more of an isolation thing that can happen here. But at any rate, it was, I felt really embedded in the community. And then um, I was there for my birthday. So I decided to give breakfast to everybody in the monastery. Because in the United States, I could not afford to give 200 people breakfast. It, just, it would be out of my price range. But I thought, okay, I'm here. And I can try and do this. And it's considered to be very good merit. Some of you that were here last week saw the the movie with the nuns and how um, everybody feeds the monastics in the culture. So it's considered to be very fortunate to give food. So I decided to give food. And it it was not American. It was very different. It was a big deal, like what kind of food I wanted. And then I I wanted to give cake because it was my birthday, even though it was breakfast. So I got taken out of the meditation retreat, like taken out and taken to the store to pick up the cake, to pick the kind of cake that I wanted. And then I had um, the other Westerners, they had me have the other, there's like maybe four other women or three other women Westerners. Like we would ser- serve the food and the breakfast. And they had this big neon sign, it was maybe five feet tall outside the dining hall that had my name. In neon lights. Like here, oh my God, like everybody wants to give anonymously when you give a meal, but my name was in neon lights. It was spelled wrong too. (laughs) It was pretty awesome. And you know what? Like even four years later, it was an amazing experience because there was so much, like I can even feel it now, happiness and being able to give food and have it be acknowledged. And like feed that many people, even though it was just once in my life, and um, and actually the Buddha, it's interesting enough. The Buddha says that when we're generous, to actually think about it beforehand, rejoice in the goodness when you do it, and reflect on it later, and let yourself receive the good feeling of having been generous. So so often I think we uh, think this not-self means that we're just going to diminish ourself. But actually the instruction is to feel good and let yourself feel good about when you're generous. You know why? Because then you'll do it again. Because it feels good to be generous, yes? I'm not talking about the kind of generous that's... Because um, sometimes generosity can actually be a manipulation. I'm talking about generosity. Like when you're, when you're actually generous to let yourself feel good about it and receive it. And so that, um, can I give you homework? I'm going to give you homework. Your homework is to notice just for the next week or maybe just today when you're giving and receiving. Because this happens all the time. You open the door for somebody to let them out. Like actually notice it and let yourself feel the goodness of it. Like it's okay to let yourself feel the goodness of giving and receiving generosity right that 's your homework, and the instruction is that when you do that, you create the conditions for it to happen again, right so we want to cultivate the conditions for them for that to happen again okay, I think that might be I have some questions for discussion too for us, but let 's see if I covered everything. Oh, I did want to mention actually it's this is good that we can also give uh, the gift of fearlessness with our ethical behavior. Ethical behavior is not necessarily very, uh, sexy is not the right word that I mean, but not very intriguing concepts like we want to hear maybe about not self or we want to hear about loving kindness and compassion, but actually ethical behavior is quite a gift that you can give to the people around you. So, for example, here in this room, I think we all feel safe enough to know that nobody's going to come up and hit somebody else. That's actually a gift because that doesn't happen in every context, right? The gift of safety, of non-harming, that if you are ethical in your behavior of non-harming, that that's a gift for people around you. Or um, I have a good friend She never, ever speaks about other people. I don't know what's going on with her other friends. I don't know when she's seen them, when she hasn't. And there's a way where I feel like anything I say to her is completely safe. It's held. It's not going to get to the next person. Isn't that a horrible feeling when you say something to somebody and then it gets back to you? Right? Like, that's a gift of safety, this ethical behavior that we can give to each other, non-harming and uh, honesty and kindness with our speech and not gossiping and um, not lying. That can be quite a gift, not only to yourself, but to people around you. So just to broaden your idea of what can be given as a generosity to include include, uh, ethical behavior. That's something that's really um, wonderful. Okay. So I have a question for the group. What are conditions that support your generosity? So I pointed to at the beginning sort of a big one, which is actually remembering to feel like you have enough, So when I feel like I have enough, then there's it's easier for me to give. So I'm wondering what are conditions if you can think of other things or maybe things that are within that category that really support generosity in your life? Yeah. Will you get the thank you, dear.
4: I think, in the past, I used to be generous um, to try and get things back, um, and so my new thing, after years of getting rid of judgment last couple of years has been getting rid of expectations. so my new thing now is generosity with absolutely no expectations. Um, I mean a little thing. Um, I was in a retail shop driving cross country and was very friendly with the woman behind the counter, and she was absolutely miserable and I just kept being kind, and I didn't go overboard to make her feel bad. And I think my happiness actually was bringing her down a little bit because she was just not in a good place. And I was just going to stay happy and, and thank her, and that was enough and moving on. And so with everything, though, giving whatever you're going to give, not having any expectations to get anything back is really beautiful sometimes. So that's what I'm doing.
1: That's a practice, right? Like I like how you're talking about. It's something that you're cultivating right now, too. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing also is to not, um, like, to not, uh, like, we do give sometimes with expectations, and the, and the instruction is to actually still rejoice in that giving too, like like, we can be honest about and see how our expectations are causing suffering, but also to let ourselves off the hook a little bit. Does that make sense? Like, okay, like, it's like this, and and we're practicing. We're all in this together, and we're practicing. It's not called a perfect, these things. They're called practices. And so um, to uh, avoid the trap of being too harsh on ourselves when there are expectations.
4: And also, too, on the other side, is to say, I am trying not to say thank you or accept. Ah, uh, really yeah. Give, give, give. Right. So trying when somebody compliments me or gives me something to just say thank you and shut up. Right, yeah.
1: to actually That's learn to receive. Just, yeah. Right, yeah. I feel yeah. like that was something I had to do too. What else? Anybody else have other? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, in terms of sort of creating the conditions for generosity, I would say that it matters i guess sometimes i think it's easy to feel overwhelmed by problems in the world or things going on Uh, and that what we say or do doesn't have any impact and i think sometimes remembering that little things all that stuff matters over time and just sort of you know reassuring yourself that we're not you know that even in our small ways we all have impacts whatever
1: right that's beautiful i think that's true right like just Can you just hold it for the next person? That, that we, what we do does matter, and um, it's, it does count. I think that's part of the teachings in general, that how we are in the world does matter. It's this paradox, because it seems like there's so many people. But what we do does matter. We can make a difference, each of us, in our own way, and that it is important. So thank you. That's good. Anybody else? Yeah, right behind you.
2: I, I think sometimes for me, the conditions, um, sometimes the painful conditions in our own lives, I think can help with that. Um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, you were in, you were in a bad, maybe a challenging space and then you did the teaching and, and you had a different perspective. And, and I think for me, i like, I volunteer out at, um, Halla Creek Ranch, which is a therapeutic riding, um, school. And, um, Everyone says, "Oh, that's great! You do that and all that." But really, it's 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 helpful for me to enter this larger space and um, just just get a greater perspective on my own little small small world. So,
1: I had written this down because I've given this talk before. Um, generous people are healthier, um, and I think I was looking at some actual research. Like Western medicine, kind of research, scientific study, but I can't remember, which is why I didn't say it. But I'm bringing it up now because I think there is research that shows that when we're generous, it's actually like we're healthier, we feel better. Yeah. Let's pass it down.
3: And you're saying that brings to mind for me that if I'm, sometimes I give, 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 but if I am not generous to myself Ah. first, Then uh, it just it just makes it so much easier to be
1: generous towards others. Right, right. Keeping our own cup full so that we can then participate more. Yeah, I think there's something about the giving and receiving both that's important. Yeah, yeah. Pass it on. No, no, you got to do it. You got to do it.
3: So these are enablers of generosity, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, So I think
3: empathy is an uh-huh. enable of generosity. Right. One example is just knowing, like, early in the morning that my wife is going to have a hard day at work and getting uh-huh. up early and making the coffee for uh-huh. her. You know, so she doesn't have to get up quite as early. Right, but, right. And, but making a generous offer. Right, like so that sense of
1: point seeing point. something from another person's point of view. You know, the reason I'm asking for conditions for generosity because... Um, uh, the Buddhist teaching is very strong on creating the conditions for things to arise rather than forcing ourselves. So that's why I was saying in the yoga and earlier, if the conditions aren't here for you to feel gratitude, then you need to turn around, not bang yourself up or force yourself to be grateful or force yourself to be generous. Then the instruction is to then cultivate the conditions rather than the thing itself so that we back up a little bit, so that we have compassion and kindness through this whole process. Yeah, anybody else conditions? I think there's, yeah, you've got something. Yeah, it was just kind of resonating for me thinking about the circle of um, giving and receiving that actually receiving really helps to create the condition. Yeah. um, When you've gone through a difficult period or a loss or... And other folks have been generous in ways that, you know, you really took in and felt. Then it opens your heart to feel like you can give in new ways that you hadn't realized. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. We have time for one more if there's anybody else. Going once. (laughs) Here, just hand it back to me. Nobody? Okay. So let's just uh, come into a pot. Oh, wait. Can I give you another homework? Okay. You can do it or not. But if you remember, the first homework, remember, was to notice giving and receiving for the rest of the day and, and just actually bring your mind to it. Even like little social givings that maybe would be not thought of, but to actually notice them. Okay. So here's here's the homework. This is from a sheet written by Gil Fronsdale, who's a teacher in this tradition. Um, and, and here's the homework. During this month, or during, you know, during this week, if you want to practice this week, look for an opportunity where you want to do something generous that feels like a challenge or a stretch for you to do it. All right, so something that maybe is a little outside your comfort zone. Act on your wish and explore. So actually do it and explore what you feel and think before, during, and after doing it. Okay? You have your task? Team generosity, unite. (laughs) All right, so let's come into a pause just to let that settle. So may you be safe and protected, and may you be as healthy as possible, and may you know great peace. If there are any blessings from this practice, any merit, any goodness arising, let's offer that out into the world. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. thank you so much i could not do it without you it's really true you know i'm teaching right now a a training and people keep dropping out for various reasons and it's very clear if there's not a student there can't be a teacher so thank you all for coming Um, And I didn't give the chance for the announcement, so I'll just make the announcement. If you could help put the chairs and cushions away, if you have that capacity, and if you hadn't paid at the beginning, you can pay on your way out. And Thank you so much, and I hope to see you next week.